What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are recapping the NBA action from Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Only two games last night. Rather scarce night for NBA action. Obviously, if you're a Phillies or Astros fan, you had that going on, as well as Thursday night football with Amazon. So, you know, sports all around, but little NBA action. So, two games. Warriors losing again. Another road loss for the Warriors to the Magic. And the Thunder took on the Nuggets. Pretty good games. Um, For the Magic perspective specifically, not so good for the Warriors. We'll get into that. And also I want to get into as well a little bonus. Usually we only cover the games, but since it's such a short slate for Thursday, I want to get into the news about Kyrie Irving being suspended for five games. Is it a shock? No. Is it something that the Nets will regret? Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see after the five games are up what their record looks like. They've already been struggling as of late. And Kevin Durant will have to carry a larger burden. You might see him put up crazy numbers reminiscent of his MVP days in Oklahoma City. Or you might see him burn out a little bit. Overuse, maybe get injured. But... At the end of the day, that's what the Nets thought they had to do. We'll get into all that and more right here, right now. The first game out of two for Thursday was the Golden State Warriors taking on the Orlando Magic. And in this one, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, depending on who you ask, the Orlando Magic beat the Warriors in Orlando 130 to 129. Okay. The Golden State Warriors now on this season, nine games in, three and six, 0 and five on the road. The first time a defending champion has ever done that since you got to go back to the 50s with the Philadelphia Warriors. That's how long it's been since something like this has happened. Funniest the Warriors organization again. But, I mean, looking through this game, man, the Warriors were up a healthy margin. At the half, it was 65 to 53. So they were in control going to the half. They're the veteran team. Orlando was laden with a bunch of young guys, rookie, second, third year guys that they have they have to prove that they could play in this league. The Warriors, yes, they have young guys on the bench, which we'll get into. They are still very heavily dominated by Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the big three, the the dynastic players that will get they'll get uh Statues. Each of them will get statues outside of Chase Chase Center once once they retire. It's just that simple. They brought championships to the Bay Area. They've done so much community wise. 
got so many people, so much more money in their pockets just because of what they were able to do over this stretch of time. But right now, they're not looking like the Golden State Warriors that we've known for so long. I mean, let's take this into account. The Golden State Warriors this season, offensively elite. They are first in points per game at 118.8. Now, typically, when you're the number one offense, you have to be a well-oiled machine. You have to have guys that can score at all three levels. They've got a guy like Steph Curry, of course, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole off the bench, Moses Moody gets in there, Kuminga, to Michael Green. A bunch of guys that can score, that can shoot it. You got to have that. Golden State has that in abundance. Defensively, a different animal. Golden State is dead last in the league, number 30 in points allowed per game at 122.2. They can't defend a parked car. It's really it's really that simple at this point. They are the worst team in the league, which is a far cry from past Golden State teams who typically, when they went on to the finals or even to win the championship, they weren't allowing more than 110 points historically. They were always in that 100, 105, 107 range, and that's the formula for success in the NBA. I keep saying that. You look at a team like Milwaukee. 102 points per game. That's an absurd mark. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that up. But a team like that, defensively, even with Milwaukee, who has a sub, I mean, just around top 20 offense, which will get better. You you think that their defense is going to hold up. Defense wins championships. I've, I've been taught that from when I was young playing sports. It's true in youth sports, high school, college, and the pros especially with the amount of lethal scores that you have to contend with in a day-in, day-out basis. Turn off the IBM ad. Hopefully that doesn't come out in the recording. If it does, I apologize. But let's get into the game a little bit, right? Stat-wise, Steph Curry, 39 points, 9 assists. He came out to play. 13 of 22 from the field, 8 of 15 from three-point range. Typical Steph Curry stuff. Klay Thompson, a little bit of a throwback game for him. We all understand what he went through with the multiple injuries that he sustained. Looking like he's right back in form, at least for this game. 27 points, 7 of 15 from three-point range. Can't beat that. Jordan Poole off the bench, 11 points. Kevon Looney with 17 and 7 15 points for Andrew Wiggins, 6 of 12, 8, 7, and 5 for Draymond Green. So, disregard, I I mentioned Jordan Poole for a second. That starting five, solid, great. You can't ask for more. Now, let's go to the bench. So, Michael Green, 7 points. That's okay. James Wiseman, the bench, big man. Supposed to be an interior presence. 2 points, 3 boards in 10 minutes. Minus 9. Plus minus. That's not going to get it done. Ty Jerome, two points. One of two from the field, three assists. In 14 minutes. Jordan Poole, I mentioned him. 11 points, but four of 12. One of five from three-point range. Minus 10 from the field. Moses Moody in 12 minutes. Only one point. Minus nine. Plus minus. Jonathan Kaminga didn't even play. Patrick Baldwin didn't play. There are young guys on the bench. It isn't the same type of 
Ben's presence that they're used to. You look at past iterations, going back to the Strength and Numbers Warriors, 2015 edition. You have, you had rather, guys like Sean Livingston, Leandro Barbosa, Maurice Spates. These were guys that were veterans that have played around the league for a while. They're in Golden State. They were able to spell for when Steph or Clay and Draymond went on the bench. They had years in the NBA. Outside of Jermichael Green and Tyrone to a certain extent, Moody is young. Poole is young. Wiseman, is he even 20? 21 maybe? Some of that, their roster can't even drink off the bench, at least legally. Their team is so young. And that is something that you have to take into consideration when you talk about defensively. Teams in the NBA that are young, they're never good defensive teams. It's just always been like that. They might be able to score at a high clip because they're young and they have energy. But for most situations when there's young players, they usually can't defend well. And that's the case for this bench unit and overall for the team with the Golden State Warriors. And let's give credit to the Orlando Magic who made them. They they made the Warriors work. I mean, Jalen Suggs, 26 points, 9 assists, 4 steals. I'm hoping we can have more performances like this. I'm a big Jalen Suggs fan. Ever since he was in high school, then going to Gonzaga, I remember that shot. I believe it was in the final four against UCLA. Half-court buzzer beater. I remember that. That was that was exciting. That was hype. Everything you can, everything you can say about a buzzer beater, that's what it was. 9 of 17 from the field. 2 of 6 from three-point range. You can't ask for more than that, and I'm always going to question the uh, guard lineups for the Orlando Magic just because they always have so many guards. Like R.J. Hampton, he's off the bench with 15. Once Cole Anthony gets back, I'll be interested to see how that works. But Paolo Bancaro, 22-8, and 8 of 17, played solid. Franz Wagner, 19 points. Wendell Carter Jr., 14 Okiki with 16. Harris with 12. This team has a lot of scoring. It's just defensively, they usually can't hold up. It just so happened that the number one offense in the league is also the last-ranked defensive team points-wise, giving up points. So if you can score against this Golden State Warriors team, even if your defense isn't up to snuff, which credit to Orlando for being such a young team, They aren't in the same category as Golden State. They are right at 16 foot points allowed, treading between that 15 range. So just about at the halfway point of the league. Average, they're not terrible. They're not great either. But that was enough to win this one. And credit to Jalen Suggs, too, hitting clutch, timely shots in the fourth quarter, making some big steals defensively. That's what you looked for in J- Jalen Suggs when you drafted him. You can't ask for more than that as a point guard. Hopefully he continues to develop. Hopefully he continues to improve his shooting. And he can one day be a lead guard for a great offense in the NBA. Second and last game for today, we have the Denver Nuggets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. And in this one, it was the Nuggets victorious. Five and three Nuggets on the year. We see that, 
you know, we have Jamal Murray back in action. He put up 24 points, five rebounds on the night. Aaron Gordon with 27. It's always good to see Aaron Gordon having a, a big night like this. We know from his time in Orlando, he was always a dude that he would get numbers, but it wouldn't really translate to winning. So it's good to see him in a winning culture. Michael Porter Jr. had 11-6. and six, Quiet night for him. Nikola Jokic, 15 points, 14 rebounds, th- excuse me, 14 assists, 13 rebounds, 10 turnovers. I don't know if that counts as a tr- quadruple double. If that counts as a quadruple double, then <laughs> Nikola Jokic has one. But triple double in terms of the good stats. <clears throat> Six or nine from the field. Relatively low shooting night for him in terms of the amount of shots he took. But again, when you have so many weapons like that, and you also had Bruce Brown, who he might be a most improved player of the year candidate. He might not get it just because he's not like the sexy pick in terms of, oh, you have a guy that went from doing little, maybe seven points, to going to like 20, 21 points per game, being a potential all-star. But Bruce Brown has definitely improved this year. We saw his role in Brooklyn for so long as the kind of, Short roll type of dude. He wasn't a shooter to now. Three of six from three point range, 15 and nine assists, five boards as well. And he's going to be able to play different positions guard one through four at times, maybe even one through five because he can get up there. He's strong, solidly built. And he played 32 minutes in this game. Essentially, the sixth man for this Denver Nuggets team. He can plug into that Aaron Gordon spot really quickly now, especially since he could shoot, guard in different positions. Man, for Denver, they're a team that a lot of people have as a dark horse contender in the Western Conference. I don't know yet. Maybe it's so early to tell in the season. Maybe they get it together. Offensively, I know they have some things they want to work on. Defensively, they're in number 24 right now at points allowed. And even offensively, they aren't stellar. They're only at number 13. But, you know, we have two-time MVP, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. They have a lot of different pieces. This is something that the team, they, they want to they make the next step. They want to make it to the conference finals. They want to make it to a championship round. And for the Oklahoma City Thunder, 4-4 four and four at 500, maybe People thought that they would tank a little bit more than they have. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. When you have a guy like Shagos Alexander, who's dropping 37 points on 13 of 17 shooting, no threes, a throwback game, 11 of 11, perfect from the line. You're going to win some games, man. You're going to win some games when you have an all-star caliber guard on your team who's averaging 32 points per game. Six assists, five rebounds. Granted, he's not on a very good team right now. But at the same time, you know, putting up these numbers on a consistent basis is very impressive. He's a guy that can, he projects to be a number two. I'm not sure if he'll be a number one on a championship team, but I damn sure can tell you he can be a strong number two. He can be a strong Robin on Many teams in the NBA right now, not not in the future. Right now, if you if you throw him on a team like the Lakers, who desperately needs shooting, despite him not being the a, a sharp shooter by any touch of the imagination, 
he can still score it from three-point range. You look at a guy who, excuse me, you look at a team like the, uh, I'm blanking right now. There's plenty of teams, though. Plenty of teams, I say that. Clippers. Clippers are a team. Substitute him for Reggie Jackson or John Wall. Don't think that team will be immensely better? No, I think so. These guys that could function in many different roles as a number two. Even number three, if you put him on that Clippers team, he's a number three option when Kawhi's healthy. But that's not something we see too often. Now, we have the games over with. I want to get into the Kyrie Irving situation. He was suspended a bare minimum five games by the Brooklyn Nets, to which he subsequently apologized. But I've talked with people for a while now about this. I've talked with friends. I've talked with some people in the media about this. And, man... Let's just break it down first, all right? So, like I said, Kyrie Irving, he got suspended a minimum of five games by the Brooklyn Nets due to his refusal to apologize for his actions regarding the promotion of the anti-Semitic book and movie. And then I have a quote here. According to ESPN, Brooklyn, they were dismayed by Irving's failure to and I quote, unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs. Now, let's break that down for a second. We saw this this happened over the course of the week. We saw that Kyrie Irving, he was refusing to, to deny those beliefs. It would have been so easy, so simple to simply say, I don't have any anti-Semitic beliefs. I don't believe it. Apologize, move on. But he dragged this out for far too long. He's smarter than this, man. I'm, I'll preface this again, man. Kyrie Irving got me into the game of basketball. Made me fall in love with the sport. His ability to score at all levels. The ball handling wizardry. Growing up, I was doing his version of the Mike and Drill with the English off the backboard. I was Kyrie was my guy. I still wear Kyrie Irving sneakers to this day, whether I work out or play ball instrumental figure in my life. I can say that confidently. But I can't defend him anymore, man. I really can't. I can't defend Kyrie when you're running away from accountability. That's what he's doing. That's what he's been doing for the longest time. And this is highlights the fact that despite Kyrie Irving being a brilliant basketball mind, and maybe a brilliant person too, he doesn't make those smart decisions that he can make. And quite honestly, the obvious decisions at times. You take into account the fact that he was suspended. And four hours after his suspension, he went on Instagram and apologized. That apology could have been, could have been taken care of a week ago. Once people started bringing it up, it was on NBA Today, ESPN, all over the news, period. Not just... Not just sports, but the New York Post covered it. The New York Times, every news outlet had this because it wasn't just an NBA issue. It wasn't just a sports issue. It was a PR issue. It was a big issue considering 
race, the history of Jews, Jews within the world, anti-Semitism. For Kyrie Irving, man, you're smarter than this. You know better. And I, I meant to bring this up before, but I didn't. In the wake of someone like Kanye West going through all that he was going through, just doing things that, again, you have to think. And I link those two because they are both brilliant in their own ways. Kanye with music production, brilliant, genius. He'll go down as one of the greats. Kyrie Irving, in terms of basketball, ball handling, shooting, finishing, he'll go down as one of the greats. He is a genius in that regard. He is brilliant. But off the court, out of the studio for Kanye in this case, they make poor decisions, poorly informed decisions, and they don't realize, or maybe they do realize, they have an audience, their, their words matter, their actions matter. In the case of Kanye, more than Kyrie Irving, global, worldwide figure with reach spanning continents, different countries. And to do something like, in the case of Kanye, wearing a White Lives Matter shirt at Paris Fashion Week, and the for Kyrie Irving, posting about an anti-Semitic book and movie, and not expecting any ramifications, not apologizing, not thinking about what you're doing first. I was always taught, think before you speak. Think before you do anything. Do anything rash, anything dumb. Because he didn't come back. These things always come back to you. And no matter how great, how talented you are, you have to be accountable. And... Kyrie Irving, in the interview he had about the subject, a quote that he said that really just made me question who he is, his character, man. In response to all the criticism about the movie and the film, excuse me, movie and the book posting, he said, and I quote, I'm not the one who made the documentary. No doubt you didn't make the documentary. Obviously, we all understand that. We all understand you're not a filmmaker. You're a basketball player. We get that. But for you to sit here and say, I didn't make the documentary as if that's what we're accusing you for. We're not accusing you for doing that. What we're accusing you for is not taking accountability for your actions. And that's something that you have to, to be accountable of. Don't say, oh, because I didn't make the documentary, I am not accountable for such thing. No, that's stupid. And again, Kyrie is smarter than that. He's smarter than that. We've seen it time and time again. Just doing something like that shows he's running away from accountability. Running away from being a leader, which he is by every stretch of the imagination possible. Just from the standpoint that he's a point guard of a team. He has a family. He's someone that's looked up to by millions of kids, basketball players all over the world. When you do something like this, you have to understand the ramifications of your actions. That's my two cents on the issue. I hope that, hopefully, Kyrie Irving gets the message across, understands the message that's coming out loud and clear. He apologized. Let's see if that helps. Let's see if that does anything for his PR, his ego, whatever you want to call it. Because this is not a good look. Especially considering the Nets struggling so much. And now you're jeopardizing the Nets' 
potential future by doing this because now they have uh, on top of the Steve Nash to email local transition that hasn't quite happened yet. Now they have to worry about not having an all-star, an all-NBA caliber guard, a 30-point-per-game score in Kyrie Irving. Now you're le- you're letting your your buddy, best friend, whatever you want to call it, and Kyrie, excuse me, Kevin Durant, he's going to have to take on more of the burden. On an already struggling Nets team, losing to a top player, this is what you're doing, Kyrie Irving. It's not just about you anymore. It really hasn't been just about you since no matter, like, you, you can go back. You can go back in time, look at all the instances where he's done something and it's affected teammates. It's, effect, it's affected other people. Maybe he doesn't know about it. Maybe he just doesn't care. I don't know. I haven't talked to the guy. I'm not in his head. But at the end of the day, man, you have to take accountability. You have to take responsibility for your actions. Kyrie Irving, Kanye West, you listening right now, take responsibility for your actions. Take accountability because you can't put the blame on anybody else for something that you did. It was your choice. Nobody had a gun to your head. It was your choice. Own up to it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Make sure you guys rate five stars so we can move up on the algorithm. Make sure to like, share with family, friends, anybody interested in sports. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Sorry about the the, the tone that I had towards the end of the, the podcast episode. It just, it just got me upset, man. It really did. Kyrie Irving, one of my favorite basketball players of all time. He'll probably go down still just solely as a basketball player, as a talent, as one of my favorites. I grew up watching him. I grew up not necessarily idolizing him. I won't go that far, but in terms of basketball talent-wise, skill-wise, I was trying to be just like him. Didn't pan out clearly because look where I'm at now. But, you know, one of the best to play at that guard position out of New Jersey. But, man, you got to take responsibility got to take accountability for your actions that's the last thing i'm going to say on that today but again thank you so much for tuning in make sure you guys stay tuned we're going to have episodes coming out damn near every day if not every day whenever there's a basketball game gonna get content out for you guys i really appreciate it till next time guys take care